You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straight for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, stream with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fita Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. There's your answer, John, who was jonesing for some pizza today. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. My name is Joe Miller. I'm uh, the host of this year's show. That guy over there is John Fina. John, how are you feeling tonight? Oh, man, I still got the Thanksgiving hangover, but I'm doing okay, pal. The Thanksgiving hangover, yeah, so your turkey your turkey day was good, is what you're telling me. Uh-oh. Oh, that was about the weakest beer pop I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Just blame the can. Just blame the can. You can't win them all. They can't all be winners, right? No, so, no. Uh, it's so good to have everybody join us here. Uh, we are super chat live uh so if you are going to be joining us and and we do have a special guest this evening is daryl tally is going to be joining us if you got a question for john or for daryl or a comment please jump in super chat us uh whatever platform you're consuming this show this podcast on please like and subscribe uh real quick we're going to jump in we're going to listen and we're going to get a quick message from our sponsor the market dominator everybody john spascheck strategy strategy Block, block, vision, get your vision up, balance, foot back, head up. Yeah, these are some of the strategies my good friend John Fina used to dominate on the field when he was playing for our great Buffalo football team. And these are some of the things that I use in real estate to dominate as the market dominator and also the proud sponsor of the John Fina Show hosted by Joe Miller. So if you want to win in the real estate market, it's gonna be important to bring good vision so you can see what's out there, good balance of the market. Folks, strategy is critical, and this is what we do. We educate, we advocate, we negotiate, and we dominate. So if you wanna win the way our football team is, you call me directly, 716-570-3298. Let's go, Buffalo! 
That is the man, John Spazcheck himself. If you are interested in buying or selling a home, please do us a favor. Give John a call. Uh, 716-570-3298. 716-570-3298. Let him know that John Fina sent you. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's not waste any more time. Joining us right now, uh, 12-year career as a Buffalo Bill, was there for all of the Super Bowl years, a teammate of this guy next to me, John Fina. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Daryl Talley. Daryl, how are you this evening? Thank you. Doing well. How about you guys? I'm doing great. Fantastic. (laughs) Hey, Daryl, I still got like a quarter of a gallon of gravy left over, so I'm going to be drinking gravy after this podcast. Oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. You think it's gravy and bourbon or gravy and vodka in the mix it up? Uh, You might mix mix a little bourbon in there. I think it would be better with bourbon. <laughs> I like I like this Just guy. Me. I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah. Coming in good. Looking good, Daryl. Did you shave your head for the show? Cause you No, actually I need to do that, man. I need to shave. That's what smooth. I needed to do. Looking smooth, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate having you. Uh, you know, especially we're, we'll get into the show, but just to prime the pump a little bit, you know, we've had some defensive struggles, so we're going to dig into that a little bit, get your opinion on them, especially Ooh. with respect to injuries and some specific player personnel questions that I have. So uh, aside from that, Joe, why don't we just dive in and get started with section one? What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. So do you want to start with the first question? Well, I thought we'd just go roll off with uh, Daryl. Like, uh, you know, what was your expectation coming in on Thanksgiving? Limited amount of rest, lots of funky weather and travel going on. But what did you want to see from this game? The Thanksgiving Day game, I wanted to see just us come out and dominate somebody on both sides of the ball all day. And that's what I thought we should have did. But... We played it kind of close to the vest, in my opinion. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I would like to have gone out and played. But you got to remember, you playing, you're playing Detroit mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. If they don't play well any other time of year, Detroit Lions have historically been known to play exceptionally well on Turkey Day. Mm-hmm. They, they've beaten some of the most unbelievable teams throughout history. On Turkey Day. Add that to three-game winning streak, and this is basically their Super Bowl, right? I mean, you remember the days when I got to Buffalo, you guys have already been dominating for three years, and everybody said to me every week, it didn't matter how bad the opponent was, this is their Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, this is true. I'll say this. uh, You know, my expectation of the game was going to be a, a little bit more in the refined category of I wanted to see better run defense, mm. which I think they delivered minus a couple of plays. Uh, and then I wanted to see, I guess I want to see a little bit more dynamism out of the offense, which I didn't get. Uh, I want to see a few more big plays and they, they held out to the end on me. What do you think, Joe? Same. I mean, it's I, I'm with Daryl. There was an expectation for me that I, I felt like the bill should have waxed the floor with the with the Lions and as much as they play traditionally well on on Thanksgiving that's a true statement the the Lions have a very bad defense at least have so this year so the the games that they've lost they've lost close in shootouts the games that they've won they've won in shootouts so I very much expected the Bills to put 35 40 points on them and I know we scored 
a decent amount of points. It wasn't like they didn't score points. I just expected like a get right game. I expect them to define themselves to kind of get back on track. And then it seemed like when we needed to stop them again, we kind of sat in that space. I got a question for Daryl specifically because this defense of Leslie Frazier is a bend, but don't break defense. And the defenses Daryl that you played in were bend, but don't, don't break defenses. Now I've, I've seen the tweets and I've heard the comments about how you watch Bill's games and that you are an avid fan and you scream at the TV and like you. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not, I can't, I can't deny it. But how do you. Guilty as charged. <laughs> but, but so as all of us fans do, we get very uh, over expectant, right? Between the twenties, because we lose that concept of no, no, no. If they get seven yards from the 42 we don't really care it's about what happens in yeah, the red we, zone. yeah we do see that's the problem we yeah, care about each yard we give we yeah. give up but it's just the way that you give it up let's say if you make it too easy on a guy giving it letting him get a yard then yeah no but i didn't want to give you anything right i'd much prefer take yards from you <laughs> Killer, killer mentality. You really, you really want to know the truth. So, yeah. Daryl, balance that for me with uh, the style of the defense, but the lack of players and the carousel of players due to injury. I mean, you, if, the secondary is easy to throw out, but mm-hmm. now we've had Edmonds, who's been in and out. You know, first of all, what's what's his impact? How do you feel about him as a player in our defense in particular? Because there's a lot of controversy controversy about him in some circles, not mine. I'm an advocate. Uh, and how do you think that weighs against the style? Well, the style is the style they have him playing right now. And basically, he's, he's a guy who runs sideline to sideline and makes tackles from sideline to sideline, deep, short, anywhere on the field. He's got tremendous speed, range, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's got all of the tools in the world. The only thing I would say is if he uses his hands or push the guy, learn to push the lineman into the hole instead of always running into it. But they play a different type of defense than what we played to begin with. Mm-hmm. Number one, they're playing basically out of a 4-3 or 4-2 defense. So their defensive ends are supposed to be pulling things up. Their defensive ends aren't doing like ours. We bounced everything to the outside so we could use our speed and run things down that way. We didn't want anything coming back, cutbacks or any of that. No, you, we, we weren't having that. We, we wanted you to run to the outside so we could use our speed and run you down. Right. So that's the, that's the difference in the way that the two schemes are played. They still run you down from that way, outside in, but they try and contain you on the run. What are your fears? We go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, where's you? What? No, I'm good. Oh, I was I was just curious what your feelings, your overall feelings were of the nickel four two. I know you guys played a traditional three four with four linebackers on the field, but what is your your opinion of the nickel four two, especially against a heavy run team? And we saw the Bills actually put a four three on the field quite a bit against the Lions to stop. Uh, Jamal Williams and, and DeAndre Swift. But what is your feeling about that nickel 4-2 that they run, especially when they're playing, you know, a Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry or somebody like that that's just a monster? Well, see, that that's fine if they play that way. I I would just – well, they do it anyway. They go over under shades, and you just got to actually play a little more gap control, but they don't play gap control. They're often running. They stop the run on the way to the passer. 
Mm. There's there's two different concepts of the way they're playing. Yeah, read or the way attack, they play. Right? Yeah, there's no they're they're attacking. That's what they're I'm saying. You, you can either play read or you can play attack. We played more read yeah. back in the day. So, uh, do you would you prefer more seven man front or you don't care either way? You just got to execute. I <clears throat> me right now, if I looking at the tight personnel that we have right now. I would jump and put run a bare front and put a bare front up on somebody and watch and see what they do mm. just to see how they would attack it. Okay. Because right. think about this. Think about this. You can put Vaughn on the weak side, Tremaine on the strong side, or Tremaine on the weak side, Vaughn on the strong side, put Milano in the middle along with Poyer. And now you used to get, you've got every one of those guys covered up front. Where are you going to run the ball? Well, that, that's one. A, okay. I like that. And Go ahead. Where are you going to run the ball? But you, you got to make sure everybody gets at least two yards, a yard of penetration, yard and a half of penetration. If they get a yard and a half of penetration. You can't go anywhere with your offensive lineman. So you're saying because they got somebody, every, everybody's got a man on their head. So keep Milano and Poyer clean, penetrate the gaps contained from the outside. However, a little, uh, a little. No, issue you, you, you gonna bounce, you gonna bounce it all to the outside. The problem you're gonna have is everybody's gonna try and attack you throwing the ball. Of course, right. And then you're putting, and Mike, you're putting very young corners on an island. Yeah, I get that. that. That's the only problem you got. But see, you don't have to make it a steady diet. But you can do that and, and really throw some guys off. Now, well, real, real quick. First, sorry, John. You used the word bare front. Can you just, for the listeners and me, what is a bare front? It's a 46 front. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, it can, or, it, it, or it can more, be done with. Or more simply, it can be done with, a nose and two, three techniques. So you're covering the, the center head up, and then you got guys on both guards. Got and it. then you run a little gap off the tackles or edge on the tackles. Got it. Very good. Okay. Just make mm. sure. <laughs> you, you see it another way? You want to run it out of a three-man front? Oh, it, it can be ran out either way. It All can right. be run out of a four-three or it can be run out of a three-four. All right. Either so way. Minus Vaughn yeah. Miller, who plays that dynamic position on the edge across from Tremaine. Tremaine. No, Tremaine will be the guy I put out there. No, I'm saying though, Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn Vaughn's Miller. down. Vaughn's down. No, 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 no. I'm not putting his hand on the ground. No, I'm he's standing there, Mark. He's injured. He's out. Okay. If I don't have Vaughn there, then I would play probably, I'd say Epinesa, from what I could see, has okay. the the wherewithal to do that, it looks he has, like. He has the skill set, right? He has, he's got the yeah. change of direction, the burst. That's what I'm thinking he has, yes. Okay. Right. I haven't seen it yet to test him on it, but I would imagine he did. So I made it a point when I reviewed the film again, I saw at least two, five. Uh, I saw about at least seven doses of regular defense, seven bigs, four smalls. Mm. So, Joe, does that satisfy you? I was I was happy just to see it. So just, Daryl, to give you context, since the Jonathan Taylor game last year where he ran against us for 260 yards and they throttled us to, at home, and Leslie Frazier, and I'm not trying to disparage anyone, including the coach. I love Leslie Frazier, but they asked him afterwards, did you ever consider leaving the 4-2 when you clearly could not stop Jonathan Taylor? And he said, never. 
for me, it was like, why would you not put a third linebacker on the field? And then it became kind of this conversation, this, this, this snowball between content creators like myself going back and forth about how the bills are better in a four, two with Taron Johnson on the field than they would be by putting AJ Klein or Terrell Dotson on the field and going to a four, three. But what we've seen over the last two years is the bills have started moving more towards a traditional four, three when they're facing a monster, like again, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, somebody like that. So to answer your question, John, yes. When I saw three linebackers out there, it gave me a sense of, Okay, we're we're combating what they're going to do, right? Okay, right, good. I like. I this. see. I, I, I see what you're dealing with now. Okay, but yeah. but what I want to ask Daryl because I contend that if you practice in nickel all week because that's your defensive game plan, that doesn't just affect the front six or the front seven. It also affects secondary, right? So you yes. can't in the second quarter just decide, hey, we're getting our asses handed to us. Let's throw another linebacker on the field. If you haven't practiced it all week based on the game plan or the tendencies the offense has and the personnel and the coverages that have to adjust – when you add another big out there, am I right? I mean, because I never game yes, plan defense. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, and no. Because here's the thing: we could we could have been in a game situation where we had one particular way that we would play a tight end and a running back mm. in and out. How we would play them? We play them one way against one team and a different way against a different team. If the guy, if the two guys that are playing on the field can communicate to go back to play it a different way other than the way that they have it scripted up for this week, if they can communicate that and play it that way, then they can do that. That's the kind of flexibility we had with yeah. our defense. Well, so I we could I, talk we could talk to each other and say, hey, look, if they switch, you're gonna take this one, I take this one, or you're gonna play him coverage. I right. got him, you got him. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I mean, my opinion, not being a defender, thinking that's a little bit to rely on with young corners out there. You just you just put A.J. Klein back out on the field, and I watched two plays where he seemed a little confused about where he was supposed to be. Milano was directing him, and I don't think you want to get too many doses of that. I, I was happy with seven. I mean, I, I might have missed a couple anywhere from seven to ten plays of regular, and I was – I'm good. I mean, yeah. and I thought they stopped the run pretty well. I think the question that I would have is as much as I understand the argument, specifically on offense. So that's, I think, part of the woes that the – and we can transfer transition to offense here in a second if we want to. Some of the woes the offense has had is Josh has not practiced in a couple – or had not practiced in a couple of weeks. Players were sick. They got the flu, which is very strange. And actually, they're battling that right now as well. The, there's a lot of players out with the flu right now. Uh, quick turnarounds, right? Four days, yada, yada. So going back to the defense, as much as you say, well, we're, we, we practice in a nickel, in a nickel 4-2, so just to throw a third linebacker out there is hard. But we see defenses all the time play a traditional 4-3 and then switch to a nickel in third down or a dime. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. that, that one guy knows that position. Gotcha. He's, he's, not, he's not, not paying attention during the week. Or if he is, he shouldn't be in the room. Right. So well, he should know. He should know what it is. He may not have actually physically got to do it during the week, but he should know physically where he should be. Now that that's very true, but I still go back to if you're running four two all week long, 
It's it's my a, a little concerning to just throw another it's thing concer- out there. It's concerning when you do that if the big that you're putting out there can he do the same things mm-hmm. as the defensive back? Yeah, well, I guess that guy would have to be Milano, but man, he does so many good things between the tackles right now. I mean, well, he see, had a, that, that's he had a monster that's the, game. You want to take him away from this, there? <clears throat> here's the thing. That's why I said put him inside because here's what he does. He do, he plays up and in better than anybody we've got right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming, he, he he scrapes up and in. We're in the type of defense we play, and that's basically how you have to play. You have to play from inside out instead of running over the top all the time. Yeah. So by him starting to play in up, up and in, he's made in the past game, well, I think he made what, six tackles for loss or something like that, five for a loss? Because he, he's going up and in. Anytime he does that, <clears throat> he gets a chance to meet the running back on his side of the line. Yeah. Okay, so, so – We'll transition well, to offense now, but but give I have me more a question on defense. Oh, okay, go ahead. But I want I want a grade, I want a defensive grade to date for the season from you, and then maybe something you think we can do uh, to improve the the turnovers or the you know the big stops when we need them. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so you're actually lining up for what I was going to ask, which was basically we saw the Bills have trouble coming off the Green Bay game, you know, getting gashed up the middle. Uh, so it looked like offenses maybe were scheming to a plan. We, we know that, uh, that that the Packers offensive coordinator is related to, I can't remember who the game was that they played before the Packers game. So there was a measure of, did they have a conversation? They said on the broadcast that they did. This is what we saw. This is what we did, blah, 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 blah. So and then they shored that up, but then the Bills start getting uh, taken advantage of through the air. Jacoby Brissett throws for three hundred and twenty or three hundred and forty yards. Obviously, Jared Goff was hitting wide open receivers all over the field on Thanksgiving Day. Um, just what your thoughts were as far as what you saw, how the Bills could effect, effectively attack that, and I think that kind of parlays into what John was saying as it pertains to a grade and what we could do better. So I think they were, yeah, close. Mm. Well, let's see. As far for what they could do better on Thanksgiving Day, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound kind of funny, but <laughs> give my get a defensive lineman a little bit of credit. Ed Oliver played his ass off. Yes, he, yes, he did. And my opinion, he should have been the player of the game. Yes, but you know, <clears throat> get him a little credit there because that's the first time I've ever seen him actually dominate a game, mm-hmm. and that was. Great, great performance. Yeah, yeah. It, and it was. It didn't go unnoticed. Well, we've um, seen we've seen flashes, but I want yeah, to see more. But that, yeah, but that's the first time we've seen him just yeah. dominate a game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, congratulations so, to him. Yeah. So to date, is the defense playing at a B, a B minus? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning 
and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they're playing at about an A minus because here's the thing. I, <clears throat> for what they're doing, they're, they're doing exceptionally well to be rated the number one team in the defense in the league. Think about that. Number one, okay. we never did that. We could, we could take the football away from you. Mm. That's one thing we were good at doing, but you know, I'm looking at the way they're playing right now. They're playing as a group. I hope they continue to do that and stay together and play. I mean, yeah, they, they get beat up sometimes in the middle. But I'm going to tell you what, when the big fella comes to play 97, there's something to be said mm. yes. when he comes to play. Yes. <laughs> because that is the difference in the middle of that thing. And uh, then with Ed with playing you. the way he's playing, mm-hmm. with Ed playing the way he's playing right now, it's uh, it can get ugly for some folks in there. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this coming. I think that's where the game's going to come to. The game's going to come inside. And I think we're in a position to do well there. It's good. It's good. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the Off Tackle with John Phoenix Show. Our special guest, Daryl Talley. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, John uh, do a quick read on one of our other sponsors, House Capital. John, what you got for, for us from House? Well, House Capital, Brian Belser, are you kidding me? When you're looking to buy a house, everybody's got a guy. Might need to work done on your roof. Your buddy's got a guy. If you need an inspection, <laughs> Daryl Talley even knows someone. <laughs> and when you're looking to get your financing together, Brian Belser from House Capital Corporation can be your guy. He's been Joe Miller's guy twice. They help make the mortgage process simple, hassle-free, and understandable. At House Capital, their preferred relationships with some of the top lenders give you the edge up getting the financing you need. Take it to the house. the house. With Brian Belser and House Capital, look him up, give him a ring. He's our guy. Super good dude. Uh, so transitioning to the offense, um, I'm stuck in this world, Daryl, with the Bills right now. So I do I do a post-game show live on YouTube. Generally, if the Bills play at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Sundays, the show's at 8 p.m. And then if they go prime time like this Thursday, it'll be at midnight, which is crazy. But I do a post-game show. So I've got time to I got time to sit with what I saw, and just so you know, I didn't play college football. Um, I'm a fan, and I that's all I am as a fan. And my show is predicated on I'm going to bring the listeners effectively how I felt on the couch, and generally expect it to resonate with how they felt on the couch. So when that game was over, Thanksgiving game, my show was at nine o'clock p.m., and where I landed was I'm stuck somewhere between I get it. And I'm speaking about the offense primarily. I get it. Like, short turnaround, Snowmageddon 2.0, all the illnesses, Josh's injury, he hasn't practiced into it. So I get it. But at the same time, on the other side, I'm stuck between that and what the hell is going on with this offense? Like, like what? Like, guys can't get open, right? 
And I know the Jets are struggling here and there. So where are you at with this offense right now? And I'm guessing you're probably between those two worlds too, right? I get it. And what is going on? Nothing. I'm all right. I'm you're good. I'm sitting right in the middle. I'm good. I'm good with where they're at right now. I'm sticking my, my oar in the water because I, I know all of this is going to correct itself. Basically what these things are right now are they're self-inflicted and they're people pressing. Mm. So some people probably starting to read the press clippings mm. or I don't know, you know, you just lose sight, lose focus. Hell, when we lost sight of a game, we heard about it in the locker room the next day. Everybody told you what you didn't do right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the difference about us. Do you, do, you, about do, you think, do you think that still goes on? I, think I don't it, know. I think it must. It, it, maybe not to the it, degree that we had it, where you didn't even yeah. go through those double doors in the in the tunnel. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they do, but, you know, it would be a good thing to know. But then again, everybody didn't know what all went on in our locker room. So, yeah. so it's a good thing. What do you what do you what do you do what as a as a team leader which you were how do you get it so defense right is is very uh, as John said very attack driven offense is a lot of times very attack driven when you're talking about a quarterback special you know specialist players wide receivers running backs tight ends how do you talk to a player and tell them to stop pressing like bro you're just pressing too much like just relax and let it come to you how do you how do you how do you have that conversation with a player just what you did. Put your arm around him, put your arm around him, hug him. Tell him, come on, man, let's go, relax. Hey, I fuck up, you can fuck up. Mm-hmm. We just can't fuck up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That, so, hashtag. So I'll, I'll dovetail that, Daryl, into uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if no. you've uh, encountered this yet, but you know you have access to this All-22 film. You know, on the NFL replays because you are a mm-hmm. legend. It's the worst thing ever. I just watched it tonight, and I swear it took me like three hours to get through the game because I re- I had end zone film, which I never get, and now oh. I'm running back every play over play. and over. So you're looking at where he's oh. putting his hands at. Why is he running oh. this way? Oh my god! You see, that, that'll I, drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah. You get you get sucked into that thing. And, like, your whole day is gone. I mean, I could have started yesterday. I'd still be on the third quarter. But I'll, I'll tell you this. What I saw, and and it's just every week I keep getting validated on this, and I'm kind of curious of what you uh, see looking from. You know, I, I can't intimate what you know from your side of the ball, but on my side of the ball, there's a couple of things that I keep seeing. They put the – uh, the little guys in positions to block where they needn't be. It's just not doing us any good. And then the second thing is we will have a good play and one guy fails among the front five. You know, there's just too many, like four guys doing it okay, and then one guy just lets a guy free. And it it's just makes me crazy. We ran a play in the um, in the fourth quarter. It's in my notes here. We're, we've got we've already got two tight slots, and we motion one across the formation, and then the snap of the ball, the other one starts coming across the formation, and we run 
virtually kind of like a, a draw up the middle, which all it does is compress those defensive guys into a smaller space, which makes it harder for the little guys to go sort it out and block them. Am I right or wrong? Well, yeah, but that's what they're get, that's what they're looking at <clears throat> because off of that same action that you're showing, it's what we used to call a cross buck action where mm-hmm. backs would cross or two people cross. When they cross, what you're hoping happens is one guy is looking at one guy and one guy looking at the other guy, and they just stay with their guy instead of them switching it or passing it off, mm. taking the guy that comes out their side depending on how they're taught to play that. And they're looking at that, then it doesn't really affect you. Well, you know, I'm playing man. If you're playing man and you're looking at it that way. So I hear what you're saying, but I'm talking specifically on a running play. You're just bringing too many bodies into the box. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You bring, you bring a lot of, you bring a lot of traffic in there. Yeah. And for me, that's, for me, that's, that's just ammunition. Those are bodies I can push over top of people and push into people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of block, instead of taking on somebody, just push them and push them right into somebody. Just use your hands. Therefore, you never get your feet tied up. You never get tackled. You never get cut. Because see, we get, we get we used to get cut. Mm-hmm. You they don't cut now. So well, they're not. <laughs> I used supposed, to use their bodies. They're not supposed to, but they still do it and get away with it at times. That's for sure. Go ahead, John. I was just uh, I was just kind of thinking about what Joe said earlier about guys uh, not getting open and we're not exposing the middle of the field enough. I mean, what's your general take on number one, the running back position? Because it seems like we finally settled on Singletary. Number two, uh, do you feel like Josh had a little bit of a confidence issue even before the injury? And how is he now? And how might you think that you would address that? if you were in the locker room with him and third, are we, are we not, are we missing a guy like Cole Beasley who can find that hole in the middle of the field at eight yards and fall down for two more and get the first down. So running back quarterback, middle of the field. Um, <clears throat> the biggest thing, biggest problem we got is we're putting all our, all of our eggs are, Riding with Josh, mm-hmm. we riding or die. Because here's the thing, I mean, not to take anything away from Diggs or anybody else on the team, but when you really think about it, our best players, our best runner, best throw of the ball, and everything. So now he gets he gets hurt, he gets nicked. Now what do we got? We got just a good throw of the ball. What if he can't move? Now we got another problem mm. because he uses his legs to get out from being in in bad situations and spots. So, you know, you live with a double-edged sword, but guess what? That's the modern-day quarterback. That's what we got now. We've got one of those guys. We, As they say, we've got that dude. we got that guy. He's him. Okay. we got that guy. we got that guy. You know what, you when know he what walks, Joe – When he what, walks on the field, when he walks on the field, he should go out there thinking, okay, now I'm going out here just to dominate everybody I can play against. Mm. Anybody who's coming out here, I'm going to dominate them today. And as Joe would say, wildest dream land. Wildest, wildest dreams land. <laughs> we, we, finally, yeah. we finally got the guy. I, I mean, how long has it been? 25 years? Yeah. Well, they, 
Yeah, I, I got another opinion about that, but that's a different that's, different story. That's half my lifetime. Give it, give it to us. That's this is the <laughs> this is your platform, Daryl. Yeah, this is it. Nah. It's the off tackle show I, with Daryl Talley. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. I just after Jim, they didn't want to draft another quarterback in the first round. I couldn't figure out why. Mm. Well, and then when we did. Who did we get? Yeah, it was AP Lossman. Yep, and EJ Manuel and EJ Manuel, right? Well, the the first and you guys were there. And again, this is not an aspect of disparagement, so I'm not trying to disparage because he had a he had a very long extended career. He played he played the NFL for a long time, but the whole concept, the very first thing they did was try to sell the Bills fans, Bills Mafia, on Todd Collins. He looks like Jim. He throws like Jim. He stands in the pocket. He plays the game like Jim. And Todd wasn't Jim. Like. They weren't even close to the same player. Wow, I had, I had. To, that's what I'm, I'm. You see me? I'm looking at, to see what kind of moons going over. <laughs> <laughs> Stars are moving and changing everything now. Wow. Yeah. No, I never would have said that. Never would have thought that. Yeah, but uh, but yes, to your point, it was J.P. Lossman was the the first guy that they drafted in the first round. Um, who, believe it or not, is very kind of similar to who Josh Allen is. He was a he was a running, mobile, very athletic quarterback with a cannon for an arm. Um, I don't know that he had the same mental capacity or acumen for the game when it comes to you know the 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 the, the quarterback position, but the game was also different then, and it leads to a cool question, which is who was the hardest quarterback that you faced, and like the guy that every time you faced, it was like, oh. God, we got to face that guy again. And I want to ask: Was there anybody that was like Josh? But you're probably—I mean, Elway was probably the closest, or Steve Young. But who- I would say Elway. Elway would be your best bet. Um, also, you got to remember Warren Moon was also big and fast. Yes, as yes. well. Yeah. What What did that do uh, to you on a defense when they would? Uh, you feel like <clears throat> you feel like because you watch. I watch it. There's so many there's so many ways to talk about this stuff because Oh, I I loved it because I came out of college playing against a wishbone. Mm, gotcha. So I I was used to it. Trust me, the only wishbone you do not want to play is the one I played my freshman year or my school played in my freshman year. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the one consisting of David Overstreet, Billy King, Billy Sims. And Kenny King, women. David Overstreet, Billy Sims, women. David Overstreet, Billy Sims, and somebody else. Billy Sims. I remember Billy Sims. Yeah. He was a giant. So he played for the New York Giants, right? My God, Billy yeah. Sims. That's so funny. Daryl, you just sounded really I, old. Oh, I am really old, bro. <laughs> they, hey, look, they won the Heisman, he won the Heisman Trophy that year. God, and they dang, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Just ran it over and over and over again. But it's got to do something to you when you feel like you've got cuz you watch it to de- you you watch it happen to defenses we play against where they feel like they're kind of getting they're catching up to whatever it is Josh is trying to do in the pocket and then he rips a runoff for 27 yards well, and they just feel defeated. They're like, "Oh." Well, that's the idea. I, I honestly that's the way that position is going to have to be played from this point forward. The days of a guy being able to stand back there in the pocket and just dance around and throw the ball, those are gone. Those days are gone. Yeah. yeah. Modern day quarterbacks are taking hold and people are loving it. And now the only question is going to be how long is it going to be? And they're changing the rules, but they haven't quite got the rule changes down right yet. Yeah. It's a sp- but, go ahead. 
it's going to be interesting because now you because on a defense traditionally the only guy you really didn't have to really worry about running the ball was the quarterback mm. traditionally. traditionally but then they started getting more mo- more mobile quarterbacks start running the ball then they started saying that ah, now you got to deal with this and that's a guy that they don't account for that gives you that's like somebody run some people run uh, I think it's almost a, a quarterback counter with with pulling the running back going back the other way to block the defensive end. So yeah, they can still do it because they got one more guy that we have on defense. Yeah, it's a it's a special time that we live in when you think about Patrick Mahomes, right? Who is all world gifted with his arm and can and is a gifted runner. You got Lamar Jackson, who's all world gifted with his legs and is a gifted thrower. And then you've got Josh kind of nestled between them. That is like, it's just, it's just, oh, that, that, that's a man. That's a man coming down the road there. <laughs> right. Whenever you see Josh coming down the road, you better, as they say, buckle up buttercup. Cause here it comes. <laughs> and he welcomes the contact, which is even oh, more amazing. I, I, we, the kid, he amazed me here one year. What was it? Two years ago. I think I watched him reach down on a pile. Pick, he fumbled a snap, reached down, picked it up. Thanksgiving. Reached down, picked it up, and looked at the linebackers and said, here I come. All right. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Here that, we come. That was kind of his coming out party. We're here. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That's what I say it was, his coming out party. So Eric Farrell has a question for you, Daryl. Thank you so, so much for the super chat, Eric. He says, hey, Daryl, I know it's the other side of the ball, but is it possible that our offensive coordinator is holding a lot back for later in the season and playoffs? I – I get this Why? all the time from people that like, oh, they're Why? they're they're saving stuff for later. I'm like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> I wouldn't be. I I don't know if they are or not. I can't answer that question. The only thing I can tell you is, I wouldn't be saving anything. You got to play each and every game like it's your last game because if you don't play it that way, <laughs> yeah, you will lose. We <laughs> ought to know that. You might 13 be, seconds. You might be saving the quadruple reverse throwback pitch back 90 yard. Yeah. yeah but beyond well, that, I, I agree with you. Well, to put yeah, to you John, John's, John's made a point many times on this show that sometimes the Bills will run a play just to put it on tape. So you, the defensive player, have to yeah. like consider that play. So they're not holding stuff back as much as they're doing stuff to make you think about it later, right? Yeah, they do a lot of things that we during your self scouting. They do that. Yeah, they and say they set up a play just just to break attendance. And, right. and you and you're also doing it because you want to see what personnel grouping you want to work with that play. You know where the pieces of the puzzle are, not just based on who you are as an offense, but who they are as a defense. Whether it's third and four, yep. second and nine, you know that that you got to kind of there, there's a lot of duty. I mean, do they have pass rushers in the game? Yeah. Do they have linebackers that can cover in the game? Do they change their linebackers when they when they go to a cover defense? Yeah. Or do they put they they put one of the linebackers down and move the one defensive end to nose? What do they do? Where are they going? Yeah, the Bills, uh the Bills have not run Josh in the red zone, I think possibly since the Rams game, the opening game of the season. And then they did it against the Lions, and I immediately texted John and Jerry Ostrowski, and I said, every defensive coordinator from here on out just went, oh, shit. 
because now actually i wasn't on that text i got excluded it was spence and jerry (laughs) and joe and i got kicked to the curb daryl what do you think oh why'd you get kicked to the curb he did not he's lying he didn't he he just he just didn't like you right there you know Tina well enough to know that he makes it all about himself This is what, what? he does. What? <laughs> Damn. We got another question for you. You go, wait a minute. It's a different John than I know. <laughs> Pamela Man. says, hi, Daryl. Slings and arrows are coming. <laughs> how do you how do you think Ken Dorsey is doing? So another offensive coordinator question. I think Ken's doing pretty good right now. I mean, let's put it this way. We we won more than we lost, right? That's yeah. all that matters Eight to me. Three. Eight and three. Eight and three. That's all that matters. We got more on the bit. We got more on the left hand column. We got on the right hand column. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I mean, preferably a lot more. I think I could chime in on that a little bit. I I still go back to the. I think these two running backs now with Cook and Singletary. I think because of their stature, Cook's new to the league. Singletary, they bringing all those tight ends and uh, slots close to the line, it doesn't benefit them for vision. I think they, they need to have everything kind of pushed out. Mm. That's... Uh, if, to, if we're going to do that, we, we need to really spread everybody out. If we're going to, if we're going to try to run the ball with smaller bags. Mm. Well, that's see, that, that, you're saying what I say. That, yeah, that, that I'm saying what you're saying. Yep. You're not saying, speaking the same language. Yep. But my only problem with that is we've run too many of the crossing routes where we have the, the tight end look like he's going to be blocking, going all the way back around and reversing, and then we run the play, run the ball like they run with Debo Samuels. We run a play similar to that. And you just got too much misdirection going on. And what they're doing is basically trying to fool the linebackers hmm. and the safeties. So are they overthinking it? Yep, to make them overthink. Yeah. Or, or the thing that I I can't get over is just take off right away and go. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if that's how they're being coached or not. So I, got, I won't say. I got two observations of the Turkey Day game that I have to address. Otherwise, I'll keep Joe on the phone all night. Number one. Go back and watch the tape. There were at least four instances where Josh dropped beyond nine and a half to 11 yards. Getting too deep. He's killing the tackles. However, I will say this. Both tackles struggled in the game. And Josh, Daryl, what do you think? I mean, Josh will take that snap, and he immediately takes a half step to his left and then another step to his left. So the the point of what I'm saying is he's shrugging that corner. Well, no, I'm saying that Josh in his mind has perceived pressure when there isn't any, if you drop too deep, the defensive ends are coming at nine to nine and a half yards. And then you're kind of hopping up in the pocket and you know, it's really hard to then reset and throw. Well, probably not for him because his arms a cannon, but He's, it's sort of like adding a problem where one doesn't really exist. So I'm just saying, I saw too many drops that were nine yards or more, and the tackles were a little bit soft. As, as Daryl rubs, oh, well. rubs his eyes. So the conversation is, oh. it, came up in a, it came up in an inter- interview that he had with Chris Sims, Phil Sims' son. 
Um, it did? I didn't hear that. Yes, and Phil Simms asked him the question about just the structure of the offense, and he said, one thing I love about this offense, the Dable offense, is I'm not – I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to drop to three. I don't have to drop to five. I don't have to drop to seven. Like, I can – I have the freedom to do what I need to do to be the player that I am versus Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Like, like – McDaniel's offense for Miami right now is predicated on precision in the drop so that when the ball comes out, it comes out in time, which leads to another question. Why don't the Bills run more rhythm offense? Because every time Josh gets in that rhythm, two-minute step-and-throw offense, they destroy people. They literally – nobody can stop them when they're in that rhythm offense, but they get in the middle of the game for two-and-a-half quarters where it's like, to your point, drop back 12 yards, noodle around back there, dip up and dive out to the right or the left, and like try to find somebody open. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you know what Daryl's thinking right now? You made Fina a fan now, and we're nitpicking every little thing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving be, that. I'm going, wait a minute. You could be 4 and 0, and you haven't arrived. You're evolving throughout the entire season. True, true. Yeah. What are you going to say, Daryl? Me, I'm just like, I'm enjoying this. Let them go out there and nickel and dime them. Yeah. The longer they stay out there and nickel and dime them, the longer I get to rest. Yeah. See, the thing is that you don't think about is we play such a quick pace offense that it didn't matter to us. We got to the point to where we were ready to run before the offense was ready to run. Right. Yeah. The conditioning you guys had had to be incredible. So <laughs> – I'm just like, that don't make sense to me. I'd be like this looking at him going, okay. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I would be asking questions. They would not not like me. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show brought to you by the Market Dominator team, House Capital and Q42, our other awesome sponsor, Iman and Q42. And John is going to tell you a little bit about Q42. Was that my cue for Q? That's your cue for Q. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hey, it's Victory Monday. You know what goes great with leftover turkey and Victory Monday? Q42's tangy, savory, and slightly sweet Carolina mustard sauce. It's made with freshly ground mustard seeds, Western New York honey apple cider vinegar, a little hot sauce, Worcestershire sauce, and an original secret blend of spices. Go to Q42Barbecue.com and very gent- gently, gently tap in, all caps, FINA Show to save 30% on your order. Hey, Christmas is right around the corner. Get them some barbecue sauce from Q42. Shipping prices are still out of control. And Iman Azizi and the 30% off discount still stands in your corner. Join us for Q42 barbecue. We got to get get, uh, Daryl Talley some Q42 barbecue sauce. You you, you a smoker guy? You a barbecue guy, Daryl? Yes, indeed. Oh, we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get a care package sent to you. So we might so, have to grab your address when this is over. <laughs> are you? Uh, you're from? Well, you're not. I don't know. You're from Cleveland, but yeah, you were in West Virginia. Did you get any yeah, of that mustard sauce? Because I love it in Carolina. Uh, Janine likes that. Janine likes the mustard sauce. Me, I like um, a tomato sauce. Mine's gonna be red. Mm. Mm. Mine's gonna be a spicy barbecue. Spicy barbecue. Get a little bit of tang to it. Oh boy, just like Daryl Talley himself. 
Ladies and gentlemen, spicy. you've been spicy. listening to the Tally Tangy Tally Show. <laughs> you are kidding me, John. <laughs> hey, we like to have fun with it. If you go back and listen to last week's podcast, Joe went off the rails. I could barely keep him focused, Daryl. <laughs> I should get I should get paid for babysitting. You should get hazard pay. <laughs> well, I am the youngest on the show, which rarely happens for me. I'm never the youngest. You get, you get hazard paid. <laughs> hey, we don't have a lot of time, but I I, I always contend, Daryl, that when I was in Buffalo, we weren't we didn't care about the Patriots because it was the Dolphins that we hated. Mm. Like that was ingrained. You hated the Dolphins, mm. but this is Patriots Week, right? Oh, give, give, me, give me, me your take. Give me your take. First of all, Thursday night, is it going to be barbecue? Is it going to be uh, hoagie sandwiches? I mean, what is there a menu that's laid out before the game? Or are you just going to be like this the whole game, screaming at Thurman and Bruce and Biscuit? And, you know? How's that work? You know exactly how it works. <laughs> you see us all in like this. It's like we all got um, a nervous twitch. But yeah. um, how important? How important know. is this it, game? How important? Go nine and three, beat the division. I mean, is this is this a gotta, John, is this a John, critical moment? It's a critical moment because you got to remember how many games in our conference have we won in our division. Oh, oh, how many fingers was that? Yeah, that was a big donut, right? Mm. We got to get a victory no matter what. We got to get a victory by hook or by crook. Mm. We need a victory, period. I don't care how we do it. So, well, I'm going to go down whatever to kind of I'm going to go down to South Tucson and get a goat and do a sacrificial uh, <laughs> bloodletting and then maybe roast the sacrificial roast the goat. It might win. I mean, they said they've done some weird things, man. You know, well, there's some so, weird voodoo people around here, man. I don't know about them. All right, so <laughs> give me give me a couple keys. We gotta we gotta beat the Patriots. I mean, for, and I to be fair, Daryl, man, my got so to much be fair, football in my life. It, what do you think? I haven't watched the Patriots at all. What do we got to do? Well, here's the thing: the Patriots are just with the Patriots. It's like like Denny Green used to say. They are who we thought they were. Mm. The New England Patriots are who they who we think mm. they are. They're a bunch of good football players that play sound football that will hurt you. And Judon is not anything to be played with. They they better be ready. That young man comes to play. What's what's interesting about Matthew Judon um, is he joined the Patriots last year. The Bills played the Patriots three times last year. And Judon didn't play well against the Bills last year at all, to the point where there was like several moments. The one time he tried to trip Josh, right, as Josh was going by him. And then the other times Josh would go by him and he would just kind of be like, well, there he goes. It'll be it to me. Judon is a key to this game. If Judon has a good game against the Bills, the Bills could find themselves in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That 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 young man right there. For some odd reason, when he comes time to play, I think he's a good player. He is. I, Very good. I, I like the way he plays, and he could be a lot of trouble for us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, by the way, just to add strength to, or I should say, uh, 
what's the word, a weight to the conversation about the Bills needing to win because of the division. You don't want to go 0-3 in the, in the division. The uh, the Dolphins play the 49ers. So there's that game is, right, is is <laughs> in question. And the Chiefs play the surging Bengals at, in Cincy. So the Bills, if the Bills win this football game and the Chiefs lose and the Dolphins lose, they end up back in first place of the AFC and the AFC East. So there's a. Win. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't look at it that way. But the only thing I would say is I'd want to control my own destiny. Therefore, not getting beat mm. on Sunday would be number one on my agenda. Super good. Super good. Got another super. That's the only way I can see that. But uh, Daryl, people are asking you questions like crazy, which is great. Who was the funniest guy in the locker room? Uh, those Super Bowl Bills teams, and who was the craziest? He's not looking it depends, at me. <laughs> it depends on what you're talking about and what the situation. We had characters for every kind of situation. We had a cast of characters. You remember we had 53 of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was oh, come on, Daryl. You were the funniest guy in the locker room. Daryl had. No. Oh, yes, you were. Honestly, <laughs> no, I, I mean. It, not me. It wasn't, no. it wasn't Pete Metzelar's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were easily top-tier funniness. The the comment, the timing, the ribbing, the the semi consolation, uh, yeah, hang him out yeah, the drive. You know, and, and and you know, you know when you see something, Joe, that just isn't right. You see and something, say something. Everybody kind of like scratches their head, like <laughs> I really want to say something, and you're about to, but Daryl already said it. Say <laughs> so you see something, say something. Oh man, what is that? <laughs> What is what is one of the one or two of the greatest memories that you have about playing for the Bills? So whether it's a, a moment or a game, obviously you you know you talked about John Elway earlier. You have the the, the interception return that you had against Elway, but what are some of the just one or two of those I remember? And this is the thing that like every time I think about it, it gives me goosebumps. Type of a memory playing in the first Super Bowl mm. when I went out for the coin toss. Whitney Houston was singing the national anthem and the planes went over my head, missed the man missing in action. I get chill bumps right now. So yeah, it still gets me. Yeah. And that still gets me to this day. Beginning of the Gulf war, the first Gulf war. So we were, we were a nation at war at that time. It was, uh, I remember where I was that moment. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, and same thing. Same chill bumps as well. Thinking about it. So do I. <laughs> Daryl, getting beat. Daryl, yes. With yes. The, the facilities now and the science behind recovery and everything, do you have just a little bit of jealousy about how coddled <laughs> and just so well taken care of these guys are compared to the oh my crap God. and the garbage that we oh. had to deal with? Our locker wait a minute, room, John. Our locker wait a room was like barely inhabitable. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't you don't even know. When I first got there, they had one of those 60-gallon garbage cans with ice buckets <laughs> for you to get in. Mm. For your to ice your legs down there. We didn't we had we had two jacuzzis inside. They put you in a ice a garbage can outside. <laughs> Some guys were so big they had to go in a garbage can, but <laughs> everybody else of normal size. We had to get in garbage cans. Dude, so yes. When, it, when you talk about the place changing, I went from the Buffalo being red and standing still 
too red and charging <laughs> to a red helmet with a blue jet buffalo on it. Mm. Hey, <laughs> tell me. You know, now in the cafeteria, they got a smoothie bar. Our smoothie bar was, could you get to Wendy's and back in time with, with your Frosty before the next meeting started? <laughs> <laughs> and then you had an order of about 10 to bring back right funny. <laughs> yeah That's you funny. didn't get any of that uh what is that the greens <laughs> they put in they squeeze those greens yeah, so i got i've got a touch on this i didn't realize daryl that you were here for the white helmets that we currently have now he was there for the leather helmets joe <laughs> wait a minute wait, wait. joe when i first got drafted to buffalo we had a white helmet yeah everybody in our division had a white helmet we changed our white helmets because of Jim. I thought it was Joe Ferguson. I thought it was because of Joe. Joe no. could see. Jim couldn't. Jim, I thought, Jim I thought couldn't the helmets were changed red. before Jim got there. Is that not true? No. No. Because that was that was the helmets question. Still, was the question. Helmet, helmet, helmets were always were white until after Jim got there. Helmets changed when Jim came. Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. Because <laughs> I was not let it out the bag, Jim. That was the question. <laughs> That was the question I was going to answer. Was that a true story that they changed the helmet color because the quarterback had a trouble because all of our division opponents had white helmets? <laughs> and hence, hence that's why the Jets changed their helmet color too. To green, right, right, to green. Interesting. Uh, so where are you at now? Are you a, a traditionalist red helmet guy or are you a, or a more traditionalist white helmet guy? Just the one to protect my head. Whatever one. Well, that's that's. It's funny too because you played a long time in the league. I mean, you played fourteen years. Well, I, yeah, I had my I had my one little special helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you had one helmet that you wore your whole career that they just repainted no, for you? No, 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 no. I had to. Your helmets had to be reserviced. Uh, your helmets had to be sent out and serviced every year. Interesting. So yeah, I got a different helmet. Gotcha, gotcha. Because that goes back to the uh, the AB, the Antonio Brown thing, when they basically outlawed or banned the helmet, the helmet that he was used to wearing, and it kind of was a big thing for him. Whatever it was, a couple of years. Yeah, that, that that happened after I left. Oh, gotcha. gotcha they did gotcha. that after I left. Gotcha. I gotcha. could still take my helmet with me. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, we're uh, getting a little bit long in the tooth of the show here, uh, John Fina. Any other uh, final questions for for Daryl, Mister Tally? Yeah, man, you still didn't tell me, like, uh, do you, well, I guess it's a different question, but do you have any residual, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, uh, habits, like before a game, that you do before a game as oh, a ritual as a, habits. Rituals, right. Yeah. Residual, ritual, that word. ritual habits. That word. Wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute. A guy from West Virginia came up with that. To, from a, to a guy from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, other, uh, the other word I was looking for, what was it, Joe? You could tell me. Daryl, what was it? Um, anyway. I didn't hear the conversation. No, anything anything that you do before the game, that you do before every game like you did when you were a player. Because I had all ball, and I still kind of might harbor a few of those things. Uh, no. I... I I don't do anything before a game that I did when I played. 
because I was in a completely different mindset when I watched game nine in comparison to when I played. Not even like a special seat in the house, like nobody sits there. Oh, I get uh, no, I got sitting one or two seats anyway. So, All right. I gotta, go. I gotta ask this question because I remember being a high schooler, so I'm and a rabid Bills fan. My this, my my season tickets have been in my family since '76, and I now split them split them with my dad. The Spider-Man thing. I remember it was the coolest thing in the world that Daryl Talley wore the Spider-Man like shirt underneath his garment and we all know the nfl which they've gotten lax recently like with the uniforms like it used to get you get roscoe Parrish used to get fined because his, his pants didn't go all the way down his knees didn't cover his knees right but now players all over the place like their t-shirt they don't, they don't, the bottom. They, like it's, it's awful so i want to know from you when you got the letter from the nfl you can't wear the spider-man shirt anymore mm. where where was your we had we had a discussion. I told him, I said, his pro- your problem is you're mad because you're not getting paid for it. You know, I just said, you're mad because you can't, you're not getting anything for it. Right. It doesn't say anything, which it didn't. It didn't say anything. And it, it, it didn't say nothing. So right. what did he say? The colors were my team colors. Red, white, and blue. You cannot argue with me. What is the difference? I, because I'm smarter to cover myself with a, a skin or a shell that helps keep me warm. I'm smart. I, I got to have to be a little smarter than everybody else was thinking about it. So, yeah. You had to be mad. I, I, I uh, <laughs> it was, it was not, it was not as nice as I said the conversation went. As a there Marvel, were a few other superlatives. There's a few other superlatives that went in. As a Marvel I Comics got, fan, I was mad. I was a huge Spider-Man fan. I was like, I get to meet Spider-Man, and then they took it out, took it away from you. Did John? Well, go ahead. They fined me for it. They fined me for wearing it, and like I said, I paid my fine, and the rest of it was history. Yeah. John Randall had a, a rule made about him for the eye black, right? That went all the way down his cheek, which they're now letting guys do that, which is odd. And then the same thing, you got basically, you got your hand slapped for wearing the Spider-Man under, undershirt. All of that. Wait, wait, of, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The eye black down his face to the bottom of his face. Why would that? I, I'm sorry. I missed that one. Did, I know Johnny got in trouble for it. but Yeah, they made a rule. They made a rule. that It was basically a John Randall rule that uh, the players could not have eye black all the way down their face. It was they, it's strange. They, they didn't want people to be too scary. So the whole thing started because the uniforms were so bad. And remember the stick'em? Lester Hayes had all that stick'em all over himself. Yep. And the, the uniforms Played were shabby. They were so shabby. So they went from one extreme to the other extreme. And, you know, we got caught in that area. Now guys have shirts untucked. You can see their chonies. It's, you know. I I mean, I'm looking at guys. I'm going to be honest with you. You you had knee pads in for a reason. Because I might hit you right above your knees. (laughs) Yeah. Well, think about it, man. And these these guys are running around with. I I got to the point where I just wore shells, but at least I had something there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like, wow. As a 49 year old man that did play sports, I played baseball, I played football early in high school, I played a lot of different things. It still blows my mind that NFL players don't wear cups 
it's just it's hard for me to believe that y'all don't wear cups the point of the cup was for developing teens right so once you got past a certain point they don't wear them in college either right once you got past the you know full development so to speak then i always thought of it so you don't get kicked in the jimmy well frankly how how many times in your career did you get kicked in the jimmy (laughs) i wore a cup i got not you real players i I meant daryl i got hit the jimmy often i played shortstop i I meant a real player Mm. i meant daryl oh gotcha Mm. oh my god listen to this a good dozen. A dozen. A dozen. You know. Yeah, a good dozen. If I count, if I count from Pee Wee, you, you think he played? You, you start playing when you're what? Eleven years old, ten years old. Right, right. And I played until I was thirty-six. So a good dozen times. That's. That's, that's that's a good amount of time to get hit. <laughs> we lost you there for a minute, John. We we missed your whole uh, expression about getting hit in the jimmy a dozen times. So you were you were frozen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I had stopped talking. I was frozen. I thought Daryl was going to elaborate, but yeah. No, I did. I just said no. <laughs> and it's twelve times because you figure you play from the time you're at eleven. Yeah. yeah. To thirty six. From my experience yeah. playing baseball, and I, just from my experience, I'm sure it could have been worse, but uh, it didn't help that much when you got hit there with a cup on by a baseball. It didn't feel much better. It still was like, ouch, after you made the throw, you were generally bent over yeah. trying to catch your breath. <laughs> not yeah. fun, not fun. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, – Daryl, you have been a- – I'm not going to I'm, I'm not gonna touch that one. That's why I put my head down. <laughs> I was not going to touch that one. John's not either. Uh, (laughs) You have been a gem of a guest. This has been a lot of fun, and we would love to have you back. This has been a a good time. Oh, I can see why you have fun now, John. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's fun, man. We like to keep it loose. Hey, put the pressure on Squatty for me. I I try to get him on the pod. Tell him to come on the pod. And Tasker said he'd do it. Now he won't return my text message. (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, for you not to get seven return your text message, you really did something wrong. Man, he must be in what Europe. What did you do to seven? He must be in Europe, bro. He must be in Europe. Why are you calling him seven, wow. Steve Tasker? No, seven. No, seven. Seven, like seven Ballesteros. Oh, okay. Steve. Gotcha, gotcha. Seven, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying seven. My bad. Yeah, okay. we called him we called him Sevy. Sevy, gotcha. That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyway. But uh Darryl, it, it has been a blast. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. That guy over there is John Fina. The guy below me over here is Daryl Talley, the one, the only. <laughs> gentlemen, final thoughts before we get up on out of here. John? Uh, stop the run. Stop Judon. Beat the crap out of the Patriots. Daryl? My thing is this. New England's always been a dogfight for me. Mm. I had two guys I played against forever, came out of school with, that played in New England. Mm. So I know New England. That's a dogfight. Bring your lunch bucket. Bring it all. Bring it all. 
Bring it all. Bring it all with you this weekend. You're going to need it. And as Bill Belichick says, do your job. Ladies and gentlemen, for, for, for me, Joe Miller, for, for John, for Daryl, for all of Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys later. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.